As professional amateurs on a lot of guys' podcasts, we understand the importance of not taking strange tangents about adoption movie conspiracies and deep blue sea. In this episode, Justin talks Comic-Con trailers and dreams of Nathan Fillion, while Jeff checks back in with Aliens Dust to Dust and Gideon Falls. Both lollygaggers then break down the new Netflix thriller, Tau, before ending with a gentleman's challenge. All right, welcome to episode number 18 of the lollygaggers podcast, show about all sorts of different things, comics, movies, games, etc., I am one of your hosts, Jeff. I'm the other one, Justin. Hey, Justin. How you doing? I'm tired. I had a long day. Long day. Can we make this fast? I have like a Lethal Weapon marathon going on right now on TV that I kind of want to get back to. Yeah, Lethal Weapon 2 just finished and it's starting Lethal Weapon 3. And I that's my favorite because Renee Russo is in it and she's like an absolute badass in that movie. So uh, I yeah. enjoy uh, the first one. And I really, okay. en- I kind of enjoy the last one with Jet Li kind of enjoy that one even though it's not that great it was okay but. i like three because isn't three the one with the the bath or the the, the toilet scene like yeah i think it that's is. the bomb one but i yeah. like number two because that's where it's been revoked comes from that's true i just i was lines. just eating dinner and yeah because he's like diplomatic immunity and then diplomatic. like Danny Lover. and then he was also the he was king yeah, arthur and a kid in king arthur's court which i always thought was a weird thing when i was a kid like Right. Oh, he's he's a bad guy, but then he's also the guy from Rookie of the Year's friend in this movie. Like I said, a little kid, right. I couldn't really understand that. But I it's also Lethal Weapon is also the one where Joe Pesci's character Leo gets gets introduced. Yeah, so, but I I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know. He, he's an okay character, but uh, yeah, I I always liked. Uh, I don't I forget which one it was where Murtaugh's uh, daughter gets in like a condom sex ad that's or the something second one. yeah that's yeah, a good that's one the, that's the, that's, that's so good because like all of his they give him like a little tree like his his uh the people in the, the department give him like a little tree with all sorts of condoms hanging from it it's hilarious i mean i think you get fired from it nowadays but like it was hilarious yeah, yeah, yeah. i was good it's good, it good movie but yeah. yeah yeah anyways so anyway if we could just like you know snap snap with this that'd be great you know sure I'll, yeah, yeah. whatever you need like that's to the to the, to the second half of Lethal Weapon 3. That'd, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, so before we get going, I uh, I finally watched uh, Black Panther. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. We were talking yeah, about yeah. So I mentioned, this, I mentioned this the other day. So I finally watched Black Panther. And I, and, and I got to say, it's good. But, like, I was going in thinking it was going to be, like, this most like, amazing thing. And it ended up being a good movie. But, like, I do feel, like, I guess my... My only real complaint is I felt like the opening uh, took a really long time. Like, I felt like it took a really long time for the, the movie to kind of get going uh, because like, there was all the, like, the like the kind of ritual and, and kind of uh, procedural stuff that was going on when, like, was for him taking over as king, which was interesting, to, which is cool to watch. But, like, the, the thing that I'm really kind of bug- was kind of bogging down, I thought, at the beginning of the movie, it was, like, that whole trip to Korea, which I started thinking about it, and I still don't understand why that happened. Because like Michael B. Jordan's character uh, needed to, get, he wanted to get to Wakanda, right? And so he was he was hanging out with with Andy Serkis's character, but like he already knew how to get to Wakanda somehow or something like that because he kills Andy Serkis's character. Spoiler, sorry. Like before they go to Wakanda, and then he brings, I guess maybe he needed the body to like 
you know, convince them. But at I the same time, he was to draw out the attention. I think is what it comes down to. Did he? Maybe I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Like, that I is just, a weird plot like, point. I felt like if if he was already part of like allied up with Andy Serkis's character, I feel like at any point in time you could have killed him and gone to Wakanda. So like, like that whole part when they were in Korea and they were, you know, I guess they had to get Martin Freeman's character in, but like it still felt. I don't know, kind of slow, but like once it got going, it was really good. Like, but I felt like the opening was a little. One, slow. one of my, one of the biggest problems with like a, a movie like that is like you, you ha- they had to create like all this mythos and all the background with all these origin movies, and the origin movies are getting kind of meh. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. with like Spider Man, there wasn't an origin story; they just went straight into Spider Man. Well, know? it's helpful because I think Spider Man is a more recognizable like. Uh, at least I think as a as a as a highly had twelve and a half movies I think something like that yeah and I mean that used to have like a comic that ran in newspapers and might still do that I don't know uh, but I remember reading like actual Spider Man comic like one line a week uh, on the Sunday papers and what of like you know of Spider Man so like I feel like it's a more recognizable property uh, so but I'm not as I feel like people who know Marvel know Black Panther but I think if it's just like layman people. Uh, which is a horrible way of saying that because I guess I consider myself one of them. Probably won't recognize Black Panther as quickly uh, as freak- or as frequently. So they probably needed to do a lot of that setup. I did like the whole like process. Like I thought it looked awesome, and I love Wakanda. Like Wakanda's cool. Like I've been wanting like a setting like that. Um, but I just I don't know the whole Korea thing. Just I just I hated that that whole part. And so maybe I'm just not putting it together. I didn't give it credit for what it deserved. But like that whole thing felt like kind of a waste of time. Also. Uh, uh, Michonne is uh, is amazing. So, yeah, I thought she was the strongest part of the movie. I thought yeah, all the female characters are the strongest parts of the movie. Oh, I just really like the general. Like I thought yeah. she was uh, she was awesome. My only other complaint about the movie would be like they made him pretty much invincible, which I didn't like. Like the he's got he's super strong with the powers and he's got a really cool vibranium suit, but then his suit like gives him force powers. Like that was like what. what? That's kind of dumb. Yeah. Did they do that in the comics? I've never seen that before. It was like, like, didn't it like it absorbed? It absorbed. It just absorbed kinetic energy or whatever. Yeah, and then it like redistributed or whatever. But like to me, that's like that's kind of why I guess to make them super super cool. But Mm -hmm. whatever. Anyway, I liked it. It was good, but I, I I don't know if I I don't know if if I think about the whole like Marvel. Like MCU stuff that leads to Infinity War. I think I still like the first Guardians of the Galaxy, and then I like Doctor Strange. And I gotta tell you, I think I really like Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, so that's kind of up there for me too. So I do uh, too. I, I'd say yeah. like for me, it's it's still gonna be uh, Winter Soldier is my favorite overall. So like, sure. Uh, yeah. Just rewatched that like a week and a half ago. So I've been rewatching a bunch of Marvel movies just to kind of like. I don't know why. Anywho, uh, enough about that. Uh, what have you been doing? I, I know you've been keeping an eye on Comic-Con and stuff, so what's going yeah, on? Yeah, so Comic-Con is this weekend, and I, I like, there's a lot of stuff with like writing and stuff for like DC and Marvel and all their stuff coming out, but I didn't want to bore you with that. Um, like Marvel's got a new status quo, what they're doing. They're coming up with a new event called like um, Infinity Prime because Infinity War is so popular right now. But anyways... Uh, the more important thing that I thought is more widespread and uh, a little bit more uh, appreciated by most, uh, some trailers. But I did keep it within the realm of comics. Um, I, I looked. I, I want to talk about the Shazam and Aquaman trailer. 
So I saw the Aquaman trailer first. Right. I watched it too, yeah. So it's very difficult to kind of get behind such a strange and niche character because it is such a weird thing, like an underwater prince. And it looks like a CGI mess. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's a DC movie. So, yeah. yeah. There's some cool visuals, like, you know, like having people ride on sharks and giant crocodiles. That's pretty neat, or whatever those yes, were. Yes, that was very cool. I actually kind of liked that part. Um, and I, I liked some of the different things, but man, it, with like uh, his wife Maris hair, or it's not his wife right now, like they really turn up the contrast real big. It's like they that- just... Very yeah, it's very red. It's and, and like the underwater, it's very colorful, and like they show like Atlantis and it looks like sure. a Pandora or whatever. Okay, I'm gonna I I see where you're going and like I get it, but at the same time, I also gonna make a counterpoint because one of the complaints I think that DC movies get is that they're so dark and like not yeah, just yeah, dark yeah. as in like the stories are sad and you know whatever yeah, yeah, tragic. You literally can't emo. see things. But it's they're literally dark, you know. Like, it's like the contrast is pretty, pretty. Yeah, bad. but like it, Justice League was like this. So I, I'm actually going to, you know, I'm actually generally encouraged and like hopeful that maybe the brighter, more colorful, more exotic, fantastical type setting that we're gonna have under the water, you know, might might actually benefit the series in some way. Yeah, I think I think that's something that they've been missing. You know, like when you had Thor for. Uh for marvel as asgard i thought looked amazing i love the way asgard was it was this yeah. cool like place Great. and we just talked about wakanda and how cool that whole thing was mm-hmm. dc's never had that like you had themiscara with with wonder woman but they didn't really show too much of it it was mostly yeah. like mountainous plains and stuff like that so i think it's kind of cool to see like atlantis and it be kind of like this world that these select few people live in kind of like you know, these other, like Krypton was just, you know, so the when they showed Krypton, obviously it was also exploding, mm-hmm. but you know, it's sure. just not very interesting. Yeah, and, that'll always put a damper. Yeah, on yeah. The... And Gotham's sure. always just so dour. So it's like, no matter what you mm-hmm. do, but I also think it's all about art direction. Well, the sun cool never shines in Gotham. So yeah, I mean, there's that too. Yeah. But, anyways, hopefully, and also the. They make him sound like a big old meathead, which I think is kind of dumb, but whatever. I I don't know. I just, I I said this a couple episodes ago where I was just like, it's just interesting. Like, you're right. I think, I think they, they do make him sound like, I don't know. I feel like this trailer did, I think, a little bit better job of giving him some range than the actual Justice League movie, which I felt he was just like a big, dumb, angry meathead. And I do feel like there's a part of it where I just think that it's because of the actor right and it's because we see him as caldro maybe like, he doesn't like, have much else i don't know i don't know i'm trying to think of his roles like i the first time i ever remember seeing him was in stargate atlantis uh and so and i i watched stargate atlantis enjoyed it it was fun but like he still played that kind of like i'm the big you know quiet like brooding muscular dude and so he kind of plays that role but at the same time i thought this trailer delivered a couple interesting lines i like that part where like she just jumps out of the plane and he's like she just jumped without a parachute he's like redheads you know and then he jumps out i thought like haha that was funny (laughs) get it and then yeah so i don't know looks uh it looks pretty interesting yeah so the other one that came out was shazam shazam and 
I am not terribly uh, brushed up on my Shazam uh, lore. He's one of the guys that I don't know very much. Um, I know him only because you made me read of Kingdom, Kingdom Come. Come. Yeah, <laughs> that's my the only, only thing is I know about him is that he's Billy Bastion, and when he says Shazam, he turns into uh, Shazam. And uh, basically, he's like it's magical power. He's like part of a mystic world. I don't right. know the origins, so I don't know how close this is. I have no idea. It's probably somewhere close. I have no. I'd have to look at it. But um, they have the guy who played Chuck playing him, and he even though there's a lot of padding in his suit, yeah, you can see the padding. He's got a huge old neck. He beefed up quite big for this. Um, and exactly, I, Levi. Yeah, for what they're doing in this movie, it's clearly a light-hearted, fun film. He might be the perfect uh, spot for this, right? Because like, right, like uh, Paul Rudd for Ant Man, you know? Yeah, I was actually gonna say that when you were done. I was like, it kind of yeah. feels like their version of Ant Man, like kind of like the the comic bro- relief of the of the whole. Even though like I think Thor provides some comic relief, and obviously Robert Downey Jr.'s like character, uh, Iron Man, and even Spider Man to some degree have been providing all sorts of comic relief. Like, I think this one seems more along the lines like the whole tone of the movie is supposed to be. Yeah, like it's the absurdity of the situation where it's a kid and he has the powers of a superhero. Yeah, it's literally big. big. Slash Superman. What if if Tom Hanks became big, but then also uh, had Superman powers, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I think they do some homaging to it because I've seen some behind the scenes stuff where like he's dancing on a piano and stuff like that. Oh, really? Does he ever get his fortune from one of those things? No, I don't think so. But that would be cool. It's interesting. It looks like yeah. it'll be fun, but then again, I'm not. I'm I'm really an outsider on this because I don't I don't know anything about Shazam. There hasn't been a good like thing that I've read in Shazam ever. So like it's it's not like oh Grant Morrison wrote the most amazing Shazam story back in 1994. Like I I don't know. <laughs> so like to me, I'm as much as an outsider as everybody. So. I think if that's the tone they're going for, is kind of the absurdity of the whole thing, and let's keep it lighthearted, and let's make it a fun, fun movie. It's about time, you know. Like everything in the DC universe, like your 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 source material is people that dress up in tights and save neighborhoods, right? And everything up until now has just been so depressing. So when seeing these two things, maybe maybe it's getting better. So. I look forward to it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm sure that'll be two of our uh, on the list in the future. So, anyways, that's enough about yeah, I, that. Yeah, I would be down for probably reviewing that at some point. Because, yeah. I don't know. I just, like, I, I just hope that DC not only provides, like, these singular movies that adjust their tone, but maybe I think when they get back to the, the principles, you know, you know, Wonder Woman and Superman and Batman and whatnot, that they're trying to, I don't know, understand that you can have, like, some some light in an actual movie from time to time. It can be serious and also not uh, depressing. Like it happens and you can also have color. So like, I just think things are like, I think tragedy is always like more tragic when you pair it or you contrast it with moments of, of comedy. And so comedy, the levity is, yeah, exactly. So like, I, I like the mixture. And if it's just like one constant, like horrible, boring thing, you're not boring, a horrible, tragic thing. Then it becomes a little, then it becomes walking dead and I just don't want to watch it anymore. Anyways, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. What you got? All right. So uh, since we're since we're talking about comics, uh, I've been continuing my comic train. So I um I went ahead and uh, I'm I'm testing out the whole Comicsology subscription 
Uh, yeah, you get a month for free. So I'm giving it a go. And the way it works is it allows you to read pretty much any of their unlimited. Like, like there are certain comics that are tagged with... And there's a, like, there's a lot. There's, there's quite a, lot. a few. A lot of really good content, too. I got a wish list. I'm, like, building up a wish list right now. And a couple are the things that you've mentioned. Um, so Lock and Key is on my list. I haven't started it yet. So that's on my list, and that's also unlimited. And then there's that one I mentioned to you, Girls, which looked kind of interesting because I like the premise, but I was also a little... I'm a little... I don't know. Like, like a lot of the cover art is just like it's just naked women, and so I'm like, is that you know? Is it seems relevant, but at the same time, I just I hope it's not just like a, like catering to to like a, like a wannabe like twelve year old boy. Probably a little bit of that. column A, column B, and we'll one. see. We'll see. I haven't read any yet, so like I already I downloaded some some. Where did it go? No, the stuff I have been reading. Um, so I uh, the first thing is Aliens Dust to Dust number two just came out. So uh, back a couple of a couple of episodes back. I started reading. It was like kind of like the first real comic I went out and got on my own was Aliens Dust to Dust One, uh, and so the second issue just came out. It's going to be a four issue series, um, and I think it's about a month and a half in between issues. So it's been about a month and a half since the first month. So the basic premise is that it's following Maxon um, or Max for short. It was like a kid, he's like a twelve year old kid or something like that, and his mother as they're trying to escape a specific colony. Um, you know, standard kind of L LV, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, give it a like a, a numerical designation, like like happens in the alien universe. And so they're at some sort of colony site, and it's being attacked um, by uh, xenomorphs, right? And like the start of, the, of of dust to dust number one is just like, oh my god, like what's going on? We have to escape. And so like the whole the whole of of dust number one is just the mother and the and the son trying to get to the shuttle. Okay, that's like the whole point. Um, and you get a lot of the normal goodness that you see, which is like, you know, the, the acid blood and like the, the chest bursters and stuff like that, right? So you're seeing a lot, all those types of stuff. And Aliens is one of my favorite IPs. So the second one, they're on the actual shuttle and they're trying to get back up to the orbiting ship in, in space to try to get away. But they're, you know, there's complications in route. Um, and so, sorry, quick spoiler, they uh, they don't make it and they, they, they crash. Um, but yeah, but they're, I mean, they're, so at this point, like, they're, they're having to travel, like, across the planet, um, which is not in a particularly, it's just, it, like, it's just crazy dust storms and whatnot going on and lightning storms that they have to traverse. Um, so to get to this outpost station that one of the, like, because there's, like, a captain of the ship, there's a captain of the shuttle, there's, like, another soldier, and then there's, like, a corporate guy. Um, so, like, I just call him Paul Reiser. I'm sure he has a name, but I call him Paul Reiser. Uh, so they have to kind of traverse. And so that's kind of the start of dust, you know, dust, dust number two, it's like in the shuttle and then like, like transitioning to the, to the surface. Um, and it ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. So like dust to dust number three might kick things up a bit. Um, so, I mean, overall, like it's good, but I'm also, I'm not used to this kind of stuff. Cause I don't usually read, you know, comics in the, in this particular manner, like the way I'm, I'm consuming the content, I usually consume it in like collected graphic novels. So uh, I'm a little impatient and I want to just kind of get off like, like what happens, especially since it's only going to be four. So it's going to be kind of a short story. So I'm curious, I'm wondering if like Dust to Dust number three is them getting to the station and then Dust to Dust number four is them getting, getting off the planet or something like that. That would be my guess is where this might be going. Um, we see who survives with the group that uh, that was on that shuttle. So Dust to Dust number two, uh, it's uh, it's written by Gabriel Hardman and he also does the art uh, and it's a Dark Horse comic. So uh, it's up on Comixology. Dust to Dust number one is 99 cents right now. So they can get it super cheap uh, if you just want to purchase it. And then it's four bucks for Dust to Dust number two. 
Now, the other comic that I've, oh man, I'm super into this one. This is Gideon Falls. I talked about it last episode. I, I yeah, read, yeah, yeah. yeah, I read issues one to three. So I'm not going to rehash everything. Uh, this is a Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino uh, project, and they're kind of creator owned, um, but Image Comics is putting it out. And if it's a dual narrative, it follows Father Fred or, or, or Wilfred. They call him Fred for short. And then also Norton, uh, who Norton's like in a city and he's going around and he's collecting up, you know, little shards of wood and, and he's going through trash. And then Father Fred is in the town of Gideon Falls. And there's this kind of urban legend, mythical, magical, uh, foreboding barn that shows up. And it seems to precede like these major acts of violence. Uh, so I read issues one to three, and I said it was kind of a slow burn. Then I read issue number four, and the proverbial crap hit the fan, like in issue four, and they then it continued to hit the on fire, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like so, it's so funny. Like I'm listening back to last week's episode, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of a slow burn. I'm digging this; it's pretty good. But then, like issue four comes around, and especially the very end of issue four, it's just like, oh, well, uh, that escalated. And then issue five uh, as well. Uh, the cliffhanger in issue five has got me like even crazierly frustrated because uh, I want to know what happens next. But uh, at this point, like I'm 100% hooked and I've subscribed specifically to this series. It's another thing I guess you can do on Comixology. So it'll like automatically charge you whenever the new issues comes out. So I'm ready to go. Uh, they look to be doing like a one, one per month thing, uh, which is killing me because I'm totally not used to this. Uh, but overall, Gideon Falls is fantastic. It's a horror-themed, um, and it's 17+, plus, so it's like it's actually rating 17+, plus, uh, but it's so good. And it's got some, like, it's actually getting into the more brutal imagery. Like, the first couple issues was a, wasn't so much. Like, you knew it was coming because, obviously, it's a horror comic, but, like, issues four and five really, like, crank it up. So Gideon Falls, if you're not reading it, it's a new one. It just came out a couple months back, so you can get in like kind of on the ground floor here and get going with it. And this, I'm sort of excited because this is the first one I've ever really done. Like ever, like this is an ongoing comic. The first one I ever really. You're got excited. Got in. I'm thrilled. I'm excited, it. and it is so good. Like this well, is welcome type... to my world, man. Well, I mean, the problem is that like, you've always presented like comics to me from like the superhero uh... standpoint, and you just know that that is not my genre. Like, well, all the ones we did before, we about before are usually stuff. like these these cool little indie stories. Yeah. They're the best ones, man. I love that stuff. I like because it's good storytelling and the art is amazing. Like this this Sorrentino fella, he's uh, yeah, he's got some good stuff. He's good. He's he's very good at his craft. So anyway, uh, so good stuff. Uh, just just a little update on some of the things I've been reading. So what else you got? So one of the things I saw this week, I don't know if you saw it. If you saw it, I'm sure you thought it was Maybe, I don't know. pretty good. Uh, did you see the Uncharted short that came out? Oh, yeah. Nathan Villian. Oh, yeah. my God. So oh, did I? Yes. I saw this and I thought immediately of you because um, <laughs> we've talked in the past that he'd be perfect for Nathan Drake. And everyone, everyone, like, pretty yeah. much everyone thinks that. Because he looks like him. Yeah. And then yeah. you go, nah, man, he's he's getting a little puffy. That's what you said. Uh, well, I said that, like, I don't know if he did that just because of him or because if he was supposed to do that for Castle. Like, I felt... Like, if you look at season one Castle, no, even better. If you look at Nathan Fillion's, Nathan Fillion from Serenity, the movie, and then you see him kind of towards the end of the run Castle, like, maybe he's just getting satisfied, you know? Like, it's like, ah, you know? <laughs> a, and I don't blame that's him. That's what happened. I mean, that's what happened. Like, well, you and I can't talk. I mean, you look at us and we're like, hey, we're, you know, we're not the greatest of, uh, we don't keep ourselves. You're talking about, I am so. the, I am the epitome of fitness. But I I even still, I mean, I love Nathan Fillion, so, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I'm a, I was a huge, you know, Firefly Serenity fan, so I was always a, a big fan of his. So, but yeah, I'm watching it. this thing, 
And I legitimately think that this would work as a movie. Uh, um, totally. Given that it isn't a $200 budget, right? Um, that clearly these guys had. And also, um, I so like there's that moment where he comes he comes down and it's like the game where it's like, all right, let's get started. Right. Right, right. That I did not like. <laughs> that that's like one of the only things I was, like I liked what they did. Like it was interesting. Like I that's pretty cute what they did, but like if that was in a movie, yeah. That's like when the Doom movie that reminded me immediately of the Doom movie when uh the first person shooter part. Yeah, when Ur- when oh, Carl Urban uh, gets the gun yeah. and it's yeah. first I'm like, oh no, what is this? Yeah. Oh um, but uh, the only other thing I can say about it is it it is very uncharted because he has these weird lines where it's like oh we should totally know about the Trinidadia or whatever he's talking about like he gives these long long monologues about these different ships and stuff like that I'm like oh slow down slow down uh, that's the only thing and I didn't like who they had for Sully um, he's a interesting actor he's the villain from uh, uh, Avatar the uh, yeah. The older man, the older general. His name I forget. Gosh yeah. darn it. But he's, yeah, he's been a bunch of stuff. About. He also like campaigned real hard to be Cable for a Cable and Deadpool. Did you ever see that? Like he sent like pictures into Marvel and stuff like that. It was really weird. I um, did not see that now. So it, it was interesting, but I thought that he was just perfect as Nathan Drake. Like I can't, how could you possibly ever, ever take anyone else and i like the idea that they had too was like this isn't nathan drake from uncharted one it's not even nathan drake from the new uncharted from ps4 this is like nathan drake after those which i think would be great because if you try and like if you try and recreate like uh uncharted one or any of the other ones it'd be very difficult to do i think but like to start like a think of it like a, a new game or a new thing as a new adventure that to me is very interesting because like if you don't know it, just do a little backstory or something like he's been doing this for years or whatever. Like, do a little yeah. bit of your own research. I I think it would be right. so so gutsy. It's like a modern day yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah, is what it is. Like I think it would be day. so gutsy it's, to be it's, like it's that and Tomb Raider and whatnot. Yeah, it? if we just start here, right? And if you don't know who he is, just take thirty seconds to go on the internet and look up a few things, like. I, I like we're talking about I the Black Panther think, stuff. Like, isn't there? Isn't there? Isn't Sony doing one of these? Like, isn't Sony actually are, doing an, an actual movie? But I think movie? I'd have to look at what's going on because I don't know if it's in production anymore. Because it was originally supposed to be like Al Pacino as his dad, and I forgot who was supposed to be Nathan Drake, and like they had cast like the kid for him to be young Nathan Drake. But yeah, like, I, I remember that. It um, it was Tom Holland. I think Tom Holland was actually yeah, uh, yeah. Spider Man. I think he. So if it's still, if it's still, yeah, he was the name I think that was associated with it. So like, I just really think like, it was just almost like him as Nathan Drake was just almost perfect. But I don't know. I'm just fanboying really hard Nathan Fillion. Who wouldn't, right? He's just so, he's just so handsome. So. So a couple things. I looked it up. It's currently in, according to IMDb, it's in pre-production. It's just called Uncharted and it is Tom Holland. And then it was Stephen Lang, the name we couldn't come up with that was driving me nuts. I had to look it up. I hate when I don't remember the name. Yeah. I don't remember his name either. I was just like, yeah, that's that guy. No, it's that guy. Yeah. Okay. So other things. Uh, I want to talk really quickly here about a Netflix movie I watched this past week because uh, I like Forrest Whitaker. Uh, he just he makes me he makes me smile. 
Uh, so it's about a, that lazy eye gets you real happy. I just like the way he talks. I just something about it. He just he talks. Rebellion. He talks fast, in a, but like in a way that you think it's slow. It's really weird. I can't explain it. I just I've always liked Forrest Whitaker for whatever reason. Anyway, it's a movie called How It Ends. Uh, it's a, it's a Netflix movie. It just came out uh, I think within the last week or two. Uh, it's directed by David M. Rosenthal, and it's also got, in addition to Forrest Whitaker, it's got Theo James. Now, if you don't recognize the name, you would probably, if you watch Divergent, the Divergent series of movies, you would recognize him as Four um, from, from that series as well. So he's the star. Um, he Forrest Whitaker is kind of like his father-in-law because uh, uh, Theo James' character is named Will. Will is in a relationship with uh, Forrest's um, daughter, and they live in Seattle, and, like, she's now pregnant, and then Will goes to New York to visit, to do it, like, for business, because he's a lawyer or something like that, and he has dinner with, like, the in-laws, so to speak, over there, and it doesn't really go well. But then the next morning, while he's getting ready to fly back to Seattle to be with, you know, his, his girlfriend or wife, whatever their relationship is, uh, something weird goes down in seattle like on the west coast and um i think actually it was in california but also like spread up the coast to seattle and they were cut off and so what, what it what it amounts to being is like it, it's some sort of event we don't know what it is like and the, the, the there's hints along the way and i have my own theories on what it actually is um but like the movie doesn't really come out and tell you it sort of plays from it, it plays true to some degree from the perspective of both will and uh, Forrest Whitaker's character, his name is Tom, um, as they travel across the country to get to Sam, the the, the wife or, or daughter of, uh, of, of Forrest Whitaker's character. So, like, they're traveling across country, like, cell phone signals aren't working anymore, people don't know what's going on, communication's not happening, so it's the internet's down type of thing, you know, everything's, nothing really working, and there's, like, basic radio that's happening and so no one really knows like what the heck's going on right like what is actually happening and so is it is it aliens is it like an earthquake you know is it, it what is it so the movie is okay i don't i feel bad saying this because forrest is in it but we're on a first name basis uh but you know forrest it, yeah the it's interesting that the movie is called how it ends and it has the word ends in it because to me how it ends is is far too late it's an hour and 53 minutes this movie <laughs> this movie isn't this, this movie outstays its welcome more than any movie i've seen recently like i cannot believe how long this movie went on um it was the pace of it and i i'm gonna be i'm gonna, re, I'm gonna be referencing that a little bit in this episode when it comes to some of the other movies we're talking about this movie took forever and like there are some decent parts to it but it was just like the pacing was pretty awful, right? It's just absolutely awful. And it's kind of interesting what's going on with between two guys as they're trying to bond because they're not, they don't get along. Like they, they don't get along at all. And Forrest Whitaker's character does not approve of Will. And so over the course of their travels together, they face some obstacles and adversity and through them, they kind of bond, right? Um, so there's a couple other weird stuff, weird things that happens. Like they get a third character like into their car as they're going. Like they, they bribe this woman um, from a Native uh, American reservation and she's like, and they're like, hey, can you come with us uh, to fix our car in case it breaks down? Because like, it's, you know, bad things are happening. People are fighting over gas, et cetera. And then at one point she just leaves. She just leaves and we never see her or talk about her again. And there's still like 40 minutes left of the movie. It's crazy. So anyway, it's an interesting movie. 
but it's a movie that I think just it's just strange to me. Like it wanted, it was trying to be smart. It was trying to like be like responsible, not responsible. It's trying to be like kind of, we don't, we want to make a movie, a disaster. We want to make a disaster movie, but we want to make it an intimate movie. You know, like we want to experience it intimately through like the perspective of two characters that are traveling across. And so we're not showing you, you know, something like San Andreas. We're like, hey, look at all the cool effects we can do. Or that one John, John Cusack movie, 2012 or whatever it was. You know, it's trying to do something more along those lines, but it's doing it like, so and the end is just so bizarre. Like the last 10 minutes of 10, 15 minutes of the movie, suddenly there's like a creepy neighbor and like, I don't know, like the whole way through the movie, like the danger was like very clear. And then all of a sudden at the end, it's just like something completely different. So uh, anyway, I don't encourage people to watch it. Uh, and if you do try to watch it on like, you know, fast forward or something like that, because it uh, like, just, you know, <laughs> watch the first 10 minutes, skip the next 40 pop in for about 15, skip the next 20, and then watch the rest. And I think you'll probably be good. But anyway, how it ends on Netflix, eh, it's a meh kind of movie. All right, you got anything else for us? Or are we, are we reviewing? I got a little quick one. Um, okay. It's going to take just a few seconds. Uh, so it. Krypton got, uh, basically got the show. for season two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, which I need to catch up on. I still haven't finished watching any too because I, I, I actually enjoy it. I think it's good. I I I am still shocked that I enjoyed it. And I yeah, think I that Brainiac it. looks amazing. You know, everything around Brainiac's amazing. Like the ship and everything. I think it's super cool. I I love the ship. I found yeah. like the early shots of him. I lost. I couldn't figure out where he was. Like they would show <laughs> the zoom in of his face, and then they'd show like a medium shot of like the chamber he's in. I'm like where. Where is he? I don't understand. Well, this. I think it's all super cool, though. I, I the really ship like is it. awesome. Like the gathering thing. Oh, I think yeah, it's so I think cool. it's super like, neat. Collector, whatever it's called. Yeah, but um, the only news I have for this, they have season two. I think they announced that a little while back. But they <laughs> announced at San Diego Comic Con that one of the lead antagonists in the second season will be Lobo. Yeah, and uh, everyone Lobo is everyone's favorite nineties. Metallica-esque character, bounty hunter, space bounty hunter. So that's uh, a very precise collection of categories yeah, there. Yeah. To have a and with, have a favorite of the, the, for the fact there's yeah. even one of those, let alone well, multiple that could you can like, actually select a favorite from, is kind of impressive. Well, weren't there space bounty hunters and critters? Okay, that's fair. All right, thank you very much. Well, uh, I mean, there's a lot of space bounty hunters. I don't know how they're gonna. About space I don't know how they're gonna cast this show though without lemmy being alive still so it's gonna be really really <laughs> strange because that's basically what he is he's basically lemmy uh but uh that's just a little thing i saw on san diego Comic-Con. like that's really neat lobo's gonna be in it and that's he's such a dumb character and he's such a tongue-in-cheek character which makes it really interesting for me that they're, they're gonna use that for uh, krypton which will make i'm it looking at some images so. you know who they should you know should they, they should they should actually cast for this Who's Jason that? Momoa done. Jason Momoa, <laughs> probably yeah. too big. Time well, now. now the DCEU is no longer called the DCEU. Did you hear that? Now they're called DC no. Worlds. Wow. So that changes everything. Changes everything. He could definitely yeah. star in both because he could just be part of a different world, sure. right? So yeah. Well, anyways. Krypton is uh, what's it called? What are those things called when it's like not the main story? But it's like ancillary like, story or something. Like that. No, like there's a specific term that that uh, like Superman, like DC does, that DC calls it. I oh, can't remember the one name shots or something. Like that? I don't know. No, there's a specific term. It's like a specific phrase that they came up with 
Oh man, we're terrible. It's like an like, Elseworld story. Elseworlds, that's it. Well, Elseworld is like there. It never happened ever. This yeah. Could well, have that's kind of what Krypton is. I guess kind of yeah. No, no, no. That like that is like I'm Gotham by Gaslight is an Elseworld movie. That's where like he hunts uh, Jack the Ripper and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Anyways. Okay. Anyway, uh, all right. We're gonna go head over and talk about our uh, our breakdown movie for the week. Tau. It's the movie. Breakdown. Tau is a 2018 sci-fi and psychological thriller directed by Federico Di Alessandro and released on Netflix just uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, the story follows Julia, who's played by Maika Monroe, a street-smart loner who spends much of her time picking the pockets of unassuming victims at fairly crappy and seedy nightclubs. Now, during one of these excursions, she's followed back home and abducted by what we very quickly learn is a big-time tech executive played by Ed Skrine uh, uh, named Alex. Uh, and now he needs human test subject to complete whatever project that he's working on. And so Julia, among others, is kept against their will uh, inside his home and guarded by a, basically a big old robot and an AI uh, named Tao, which is where the title of the movie comes from. Uh, Tao is voiced by Gary Oldman, which was kind of a surprise. Uh, as the movie progresses, Julia continually searches for a way to escape, and Alex begins to face some external pressures to complete this research project. Uh, and then, you know, stuff happens. Uh, so we're going to do our best to avoid big spoilers, at least in the early parts of the conversation. If we decide to go full spoiler, uh, we will warn you. Uh, so anyway, Justin, what do you think about Tao? That was Gary Oldman? Yeah, according to IMDb, that was Gary Oldman. I didn't think it was. And then that, I, I was trying to, this is interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize it was him. Yeah. I felt like, man, I feel like I know this voice somehow. I never would have thought Gary Oldman. I, I didn't think it was, but I'm looking at IMDb and it's, yeah, and nice. Wikipedia confirms it. And yeah, I mean, if those two confirm it, then it's got to be. Who else, who else is there? Right. Right. That's, yeah. That's a, um, that's a so fact. I thought the movie was, was okay. Um, it wasn't anything crazy, uh, anything super inventive or interesting. Um, it all takes place in this one house, basically, and there's there's really no other set pieces to the entire movie, just that one location. Yeah, other than is, the very beginning, first, like, five minutes or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, or in the very end, too. So, like, for me, it's, it's an interesting setting, an interesting concept, but it's almost like I feel like I've seen this before. It's like a mixture, like, when I kept on watching it, it seemed like a mixture between Cube and... Okay. And... Um, human centipede. I don't know. I got that feeling. <laughs> kind of strange. In the sense that somebody was abducted, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's just, it's just interesting. I didn't really get a human centipede vibe. I don't know. I just uh, got a weird vibe from that during the movie. <laughs> I don't know why, but I did. Okay. Um, okay. I thought it was paced fine. I never got bored watching it. Um, I never. Mm -hmm. I never found it's a myself... short movie. It's, a, yeah. it's an hour and 37, so it doesn't, it's not unlike, you know, the other one I was just talking about, how it ends. Uh, this one doesn't only, stick around for too long. The only thing I would say is, it almost seemed like there was like two or three endings to it. Like, it could have ended sooner, but I think they just made it go longer just to meet movie length time, you know? Because, like, <laughs> yeah. 
he messes with the the main Alex does stuff with Tao like three times, um, trying to be as vague as possible to like punish, right? Right. He pun- yeah, he punishes him. That's he fine. punishes Tao like three times, but after the second time, I felt like that could have been it. You know, he could have ended. Yeah, there I feel like we got the gist. Yeah, we got the gist of it. I yeah, think. or like that could have been the climactic moment of the movie. I just felt like the movie's maybe seventeen minutes too long, because I felt like because I was, I, was, I was looking. No, I was Very looking precise. at it. Well, because. When I, when that moment came up, I'm like, "Oh, this is the climax of the movie. This is it." And then I look at the, yeah, I, yep, I went and looked at the uh, the um, the time signatures. It's 17 minutes left. I'm like, "What? What else? What else are they have to do? Like, this is really, happen, yeah. this is an interesting yeah. ending if they do it like this." So that, that's the only reason why I think that. Another thing I, I thought was it. very interesting. So it's gonna it's gonna seem off topic first, okay? A couple months ago, I told you me and my wife went into adoption classes and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So in these adoption classes, there was a short film we watched. It's a uh, it's a thing about uh, children being abused and going to new homes and stuff like that. When she has her flashbacks, it was that movie or that short film. Really, they cut it up from that short film and put it in the movie, which I thought was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in a movie. Because that took me away from it most of the rest of the movie. Because, like, like, it's this little girl. She has blonde hair. I wish I, I wish I knew what the name of it was. I'll have to ask my wife later. Because she, she might remember it. Because they, like, mentioned it in the class. I just couldn't remember the name of it. And it was just, it's like a 20-minute short they had us watch about this little blonde girl that is in an abusive family. And then she goes into foster care. And then, like, there's shots of her, like, on the beach. Her tearing up clothes and stuff like that. And when that happened, I'm like, oh my god, I've seen this before. So, like, that being in that movie is very strange to me. I, and I tried, like, That's looking, weird, yeah. is the director the same? Is the writers the same? Are the producers the same? None of it's the same. So, I'm very curious how that happened. Because I, I remember watching this a couple months ago. And I was like, and when that popped up, I'm like, what? And so... I, Alternatively, what I did for myself was, oh, this is what happened to that little girl I watched in that short film a couple oh, months ago. Come on, <laughs> this is the end result. So, which is like to, for my own little like, oh, this is a connected universe. It's interesting. Uh, so, <laughs> a connected universe, yeah. sure. Which because okay. that, that 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 short takes place in like two thousand. She'd be like in it's like twenty twenty two something like that in the movie something like that. So it's like yeah, it all it all wraps together. It makes sense. Uh, but. Unfortunately, because of that thing that I saw, it was so distracting and so weird, it was very difficult for me to get further into the movie, like, trying to, like, recognize a few things. There was interesting stuff. I thought the AI was interesting. I thought the the overall story was fine. There's plot holes that you gotta kind of suspend your disbelief for. But, um... That thing was just so distracting. Okay, so basically, if you've been to an adoption class, Justin does not recommend this movie. Just for- yeah, like it, he's like, oh man, that sucks for that little girl. That's not fun at all. So it's yeah. just like very strange. It was very strange. So okay. I'm I'm gonna have to look more into it. Anyways, what'd you think of the movie? <laughs> I don't know. Now, now I'm confused. Uh, what did I think of it? Um, it was. It's one of those movies where I would be like, it's fine. Um, I 
Yeah, I wasn't thrilled with it. Like, so you ever you ever do this? You ever watch a movie and like ten minutes in, you think this is how I think it's gonna end, and then yeah. you watch it, yeah, and it ends, ends literally that way. Like sometimes I want to like write it down just to prove that I did it, because otherwise you're just taking my word for it. But like I kind of want to do that sometimes. You'd be because... like the Swami, uh, <laughs> just put it yeah. in an envelope and then just all right, let's save that one for later. I just. The movie, I don't think it was a terrible movie by any stretch, but I also felt like the movie was not remotely surprising at any point. Like, I think there was kind of one moment where I was just like, whoa, and that was the introduction of the robot. But honestly, if I would have just watched the trailer, I would have known that there was a robot in it. So, because it's in the trailer. Uh, so, like, everything that kind of happened, I felt was sort of telegraphed and obvious. And, like, everything, it was sort of like a, like, I don't know, like telling telling a thriller or telling, like, this type of movie, like, by, by numbers and, you know, et cetera. Like, so it just... I don't know. Like the the movie, I felt never really pushed anything, and I have a couple other problems with it too. I just I feel like we don't know any of the characters whatsoever. Like we don't really know her. Like you like you you reference that that one little um, kind of montagey broken up um, film, which is really quick and and it's, it's associated with the with the research that Alex is doing on Julia. Um, but we don't know anything about her. Like we really don't. We have like a vague reference to to like basically she had a very troubled upbringing and and uh, abuse and other things, um, and we don't know anything specific about it. And we never and like in the beginning of the movie we spend like all of maybe five minutes before she's you know caught up in this. We don't really know a whole lot about what Alex is trying to do with it. Like he mentions how it's going to change the world, his research, and we get some sort of loose understanding that it has to do with AI, obviously, but like. We don't really know anything about that and the motivations like and how the like why the hell does he like it's a it's a big step to go from being bill gates to being bill gates who decides to kidnap people and keep them in his basement and do all all sorts of weird like experiments on them right so like but jeff a billion dollars all right i know it's a billion so dollars kill three people but he clearly already has like a ton of money so if like like money is not as motivated it's not his motivator so like what was so like why was he doing this i don't know so I felt like the character development of the movie was really kind of not there at all, you know? And so, I, I mean, I, I guess like certain movies don't require it as other as much as others, but I, I did feel like, you know, I would have liked more. I mean, obviously we're going to root for Julia because, she, you know, she's a victim in this particular situation. She got kidnapped at the very beginning. We're rooting for her to escape. And we're going to root against, you know, Alex because he's this creep who kidnapped her and he's doing awful things to people, right? And so like we already have, like teams are already assembled. Like, but at the same time, I still kind of like learning a little bit about the characters, like just a little bit, you know, would be nice to know. Yeah, I think um, like, I think it goes back to like our, our main thing we talk about all the time where if you have a villain, you want to be able to identify with their motivations. Right. And, and almost agree with what they're doing, but at a certain point, like, wait, no. Like, right. we, we talk about all the time with different movies, but like my biggest thing is like Breaking Bad, right? Like... Everyone has a jump off point for Walt where they're with him, they're with him, they're with him, then they're against him. Like, guess, and that yeah. creates a great villain, right? And I thought, like, the, being just like, he's bad and she's good is not, yeah. he doesn't do it anymore, I don't think. Well, I mean, I think about, and this is not a good movie by any stretch, but like the first example of this kind of came to mind. Like, I kind of wanted to know more about why he was pushing so hard for this and what he was doing. Like he was being pressured by like, you know, corporate board to get this stuff done really fast. 
And like, there's a constant like daily reminder or every other day reminder from Tao who kept telling him, no, oh, the deadline's now 10 days. Uh, so like the external pressure, I like that element of external pressure because it, it sort of explains why he obviously takes some shortcuts and gives some liberties that he probably shouldn't. And, but like, what was he going to do with it? All he says is it's vaguely going to change the world. I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about what that was. Like now the movie, I, I, I'm thinking about as an example, again, not a good movie, but I, I like this aspect of it, it was deep blue sea. So like they were doing some well, unethical I'm really, things. I'm really curious. I can connect these dots. Okay. No, no, no. Just follow me. Like, this is what I mean about like, I wanted to know more about why he was doing the bad things he was doing. Like in Deep Blue Sea, Saffron Burroughs' character, uh, she is, is kind of leading the research into the sharks and they're like genetically like manipulating the brains of these sharks. They're making them smarter, right? Because they're trying to do Alzheimer's research and they're going against protocol. That's why Sam Jackson's character comes in to see if like something is going wrong, right? And so to me, like I understood why they were doing such horrible things because they, you know, they had like not, I mean, I know it's not the equivalent of like kidnapping people and, and like, you know, hurting them and whatnot, but like I still at least understood like what she was attempting to do with it. Like in here, I just like all I heard was it's going to change the world for the better. I'm like, really? How? Like, how exactly is it going to do it? Like, what are you attempting to do it? And you do it that like, I don't know. I just, I never, I don't really get into the whole, like, if it's a human villain, I want the human villain to not be, like, you know, Pennywise from It. Like, with Pennywise, he's this, like, demon who's just, like, the embodiment of evil, right? And so it's just like, oh, okay, or embodiment of fear or whatever. And I can I can handle that type of, you know, that type of villain and scary and it's cool. But, like, when it's a human, like, when the villain's human, I just, I want complexity, you know? I don't want just, like, a one note. And he was just like, hey, look, I'm a crazy, rich, like, scientist who does scientist things. Well, I, th I think that might be... Scientist a, that might be an unfair comparison because with... No, 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 it's not a... I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying, like, I, I feel... I'm not saying, like... I'm not comparing the two in the sense of saying like evaluatively. I'm just saying like I, if I'm going to take a one note villain that has no com no major complexity to them, like I would rather it not be a human villain that has no complexity to them. No, I understand, but like Deep Blue Sea had uh, a music accompaniment that made it no, easier uh, to understand. You're making a joke. Okay, that made it easier to understand the plot of the movie. I mean, we also knew throughout the entire movie that Deepest Blue's his hat was like a shark shark fin, Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna put on first. What we're gonna do is we're gonna put on these wetsuits because they're gonna help us fight hypothermia. Okay, then we're gonna we're gonna hop in this water and we're gonna swim. Maybe a couple of us are gonna make it, and then that's when the shark comes. But up his parrot, we... Jeff, his parrot. <laughs> right. It was kind yeah. of getting blown up. I like how Michael Rappaport got to live in that movie a really long time just so he could switch that one switch that one time, and then he was okay. All right, time to kill Michael Rappaport, and then he's done. I'm sorry. So. I'm sorry I made you go down a little bit of a road there for my terrible That's joke. Fine. <laughs> That's fine. That was so stupid. So overall, back to Tao. This is like the worst breakout ever between like the weird like adoption video tangent that we took. That's and that so weird. This has been a weird one. Overall, I felt like the movie was fine, but you know, uninventive, and I felt like it, it didn't have particularly like deep characters to follow, and I don't feel like the plot provided any real amount of surprises. Uh, and it, like, I felt like a lot of it was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Of course, like that's what you would do next. Of course, that's what happened happen next. Of course, this was what happened next. Like all of it felt very predictable to me. And so, overall, like it didn't stay around too long, but I felt like like. 
I, I got it. I felt like at around the, the 40 minute mark, I'm like, I, you know, or the 30 minute mark, what it was, I got it. Like I got, I get the point, like just move, get on with it. Like type of thing. So, uh, so I wouldn't recommend it personally. Um, I feel about this movie the same way I felt about when we asked if we wanted to do it. Whereas like, I, I guess we'll watch <laughs> guess. cow. So, yeah. well, I uh, said we could do caliber, but you didn't respond. In yeah, time, yeah. So, oh, well. so I, I oh, hear well. that that's supposed to be pretty good. So, so uh, again, it's the same thing. I was like, man, I mean, there's plenty of better stuff on Netflix. Just yeah, just watch Shrek again or something. That's what I would say. So. <laughs> yeah, because they're totally similar, Tal and Shrek. I mean, yeah, so anyway, it's, that's, it's a a no, movies. that's a kind of a no from us. Like, it's not bad, but like, I don't know. I'm not sure. When you have so many different movies and entertainment opportunities competing for your attention, I don't know if Tal really does enough to warrant the the time that you, you need to spend with it so that's just me all right so that's it for our breakdown this week uh time to challenge one another in a gentlemanly fashion and now it's time for the gentleman's challenge All right, the Gentleman's Challenge is a segment we do here on the old Lollygaggers podcast every week. Uh, in it, or during it, we are going to spoil the crap with whatever it is we're talking about, so be warned. But what we tend to do, Justin and I like to pick a movie or a TV show or a game or something and assign the other to consume it for the next week. Like watch that movie, play that game, whatever it might be. And then to ensure that we have done our homework in the next episode, we start quizzing each other about it. Sometimes the things we pick, we pick because we want to drive the other person crazy. And sometimes we pick things that we think are actually generally going to be entertaining to the other person. Uh, and so it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So this week, I think I'm going to go ahead and start because I think you started last week. So I'm going to go ahead and start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about I Am Dragon, which is the name of the movie that Justin assigned me. It's also known as He's a Dragon, which I feel kind of gives away a fairly early plot point. Um, oh, no, kind of predictable. It for you. It yeah, spoiled it. Like, spoiler alert, the dragon is the dude. Uh, but it's in the title of one of them. I, I looked into it some more. There's, it's got other names too. The Ritual, because that's the name of the, the novel that it was based off of. It was a novel by Marina and Sergei Diachenko. And I wanted to say their names because um, I felt like I, I confidently pronunciated them. So I feel like I did that correctly. Uh, so this was released back in Russia, or Russia back in 2015. It's, it's Russian language, so it's going to be... Uh, I don't think there was dubs. I think it was all just sub, uh, subtitles. That's how I read it anyway, um, or how I watched it. And you can find it up on Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime Movies. Uh, so basically, this is, a, this is a Beauty and the Beast story. That's, that's really what it is. That's kind of how I equate it. Uh, it's set in a medieval village, sort of, uh, Russian, snow, et cetera, um, that's been haunted or at least like kind of terrorized to some degree by dragons. Uh, so much so that the villagers have created this sacrificial ritual where they give over uh, their female children, only their attractive ones that are of marrying age, uh, to a dragon while they sing a creepy song. And they have like this whole process where they put them on boats and then they kind of like push them out into this like cold lake. And then the dragon comes by and just takes them away because that's what they do. Uh, now the opening of the movie has, it's got this interesting little kind of almost like a shadow puppet thing going on 
uh, where they're giving the whole backstory of how this begins, right? It's so how they saved on CGI. That's basically what they Right, did. It's exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. Uh, honestly, I could have watched a whole movie with that kind of shadow puppetry. So whoever did that, that was pretty cool. Anyway, in the very beginning, eventually a warrior says no more more because I think it was his daughter who was taken and and she was kind of sacrificed. And so he goes to seek out the dragon. So he and he tracks the dragon down, kills the dragon, and the world is safe. And this is all like early on, five first five to ten minutes where they're establishing this this backstory. So the world's safe for a little while, and then then the movie itself actually takes place in the present day, and it's like many years later, uh, like three generations later, because. In the present, the Princess Miroslava, whose name is just Mira, I think that's what they call her throughout, is about to marry the dragon slayer's grandson. So the dude who actually killed the dragon way back in the day, his grandson, Igor, is like a really, really, really good and really, really, really attractive knight, and he's going to marry uh, Princess uh, Mira. Now, during the wedding ceremony, which for some reason uses the same ritual they use to feed their daughters to a dragon, and I don't really understand this because, you know, what would you want to do to, you know, on your special wedding day? Like, what memory would you want to evoke? Oh, that time we used to feed people like me to the dragons. So let's yeah. do that exact same that ceremony. Makes sense. Yeah. So they put they put her on a boat and then Igor is on the other side of the lake and he like basically pulls her towards him. And they're singing this song, like the basic song. It's a creepy, weird song about like, hey, there's a dragon coming, it's gonna eat people. Anyway, so Igor is pulling her across, and then lo and behold, the dragon comes. And we learn later that the reason the dragon gets woken up and why it was gone for so long was that like the song triggers the dragon. And so they're like, Oh, I heard the song, so now I'm gonna go um, get a get a get a woman from a boat uh so the dragon shows up takes mira she's held captive on the dragon's island and she meets this little rodent thingy who threatens to kill her but then doesn't and it's like kind of a friend or a pet of um a dude who's also captive with her who doesn't have a name i mean honestly when you say hey i don't have a name i'm like well clearly you're the dragon and we find out shortly thereafter that he is uh so she names him armand uh and so yeah. And so yada, yada, yada. Um, he's the dragon. And the dragons, like we learn, they live as either humans or dragons. At a certain point in their life, they get to choose if they want to be a human or they want to be a dragon. Like what form do they want to take? Uh, there's also like a shape-shifting process. So Armand can be both in human form and he can be in dragon form. And when he was younger, he chose human form. And so he was a human. But then like his dad was killed by like the dragon slayer. And then, like, he got all mad and lost control, and he became a dragon at that point. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and so, Armin, whenever he's in dragon form, he kind of loses control. So, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Mira suffers some kind of crazy Stockholm syndrome and, uh, and falls in love with him, because, uh, of course. And Armin also falls in love with her because, you know, they, they don't really have any options. They're the only two people on an island uh igor can't igor this whole time is like trying to find her and he's like traveling on a boat with some other people being all attractive and trying to get through the fog uh but igor doesn't really love mira and we learn that the only way that a person can actually find the dragon's island is if there is somebody on the island whom they love like these are really very specific situations where this would kind of stuff would happen but that's just me uh so igor could never actually found it but Armand, because he loves Mira so much, he's like, I, I want you to go. I don't want to kill you, so get out, leave, whatever. And so she's like, okay, uh, she leaves. And then she's like, no, 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 I really love you. So she goes back, 
and she like confronts the dragon because like he's in his dragon form and she's like it's cool i still love you like no matter what i don't care if you're a dragon and then like he gets control of his dragon stuff and then like this stockholm syndrome is really strong and so they have a kid and then she flies on his back and the end that's i am dragon there you go you're welcome what did i think of it okay so i want to say that i don't think it's bad but i didn't like it can I, can can we we can accept that right like i can look at it from a kind of yeah, objective right. perspective and i can see that there's good things about it that i think a lot of people would enjoy it's just most of those things are are i didn't they, they weren't good they weren't enough for me like you know so i think the movie is ridiculously slow like i felt the pacing was terrible and it reminded me of the movie i talked about early in the episode which is you know the how it ends right I just felt like the, the movie took a really, really long time. Like the opening like exposition wall that we had to scale to get the premise took like 10, 15 minutes. And then we get into the thing and then like there's this weird non-linear storytelling that goes on in the very beginning that seems a little bizarre. And I don't know why they're doing it. It's just like for a couple of minutes, they just wanted to be like Tarantino. And then they're like, okay, now we'll be, now we'll be linear. Um, so I didn't really like that too much. I felt like they could have cut this down by about a half an hour. And I think they probably could have, you know, like there's there's moments that just felt like we probably didn't need that. Um, it's just a little excessive here and there. I, and I, I don't know, I'm just like skeptical of the whole, he kidnaps her. Like you're first in, like the first time you meet this dude, he lies to you, doesn't know his name. He's a dragon who nearly killed you. And we know that dragons hunt and kill. And like, but you fall in love with him, right? And so I don't know. Like, I just find like the whole Did like you see those abs. Line. I'm sorry. He just I'm looking at a picture right now. He don't have no abs. That those aren't abs. He's got a he's got a beautiful jawline, though. I'll say that. His cheekbones are very high. Like he's he's attractive. Uh I'll say that. In a in a mysterious, <laughs> I sometimes am a dragon kind of way. But like overall, like I don't know. Like it just felt like a little. I would. I mean, I am an Igor guy. I would have gone for Igor, but that's just me. Uh, but it just the love story felt. It, it it was a preordained love story. We know it was actually happening, and I don't feel like either actor was particularly good enough to warrant the amount of time that they spent on camera together for such an extended period of time. Like I just like this isn't like Meryl Streep and like uh, I don't know Al Pacino. You mentioned him before, like in his prime anyway together this this isn't de niro and streep during like uh during deer hunter like this is this is like i don't know i don't know i don't know maybe they're really good actors in russia but like i just didn't feel like they like their their love their it just felt kind of stilted to me i wasn't a big fan of it but i can but i will say this like, i do think the production quality in many respects was was outstanding even though like we made a joke that that opening sequence during like the title sequence and the lead up during the exposition wall was was done probably to save some money i thought it looked really cool um it reminded me a little bit of uh hellboy 2 and the uh, stuff with the you know, you know what i mean like the stuff with the elves in the beginning yeah, that they yeah. did i thought it had a little bit of a little bit of that going on with it so i thought that was a cool stylistic uh stylistic choice there and it goes to show that you don't need to do like big crazy cgi things and but and, and still actually have something attractive I also thought it was filmed really nicely. Like there's a lot of beautiful contrast of colors. And even though the ritual is bizarre as hell, like this is this is how we have weddings now. We pretend that they're about to be eaten by a dragon. Um, it was still a really cool process. Like it looked cool. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, but overall, I just didn't like it. It just it was a it was a movie that was well crafted, little long, but largely well crafted. Just 
just not, I didn't, it didn't interest me. Like it, I kind of was, I don't know, I kind of drifted off a lot because it just didn't really, it didn't really sell me, you know? Yeah. So that's just neat. It's a, I can see why other people would really dig it. It's just not, it's just not my thing. So that's, I right, well, you ready for your quiz questions? Then? Probably not. Cause like I said, I drifted. One of them you already got. Um, oh, sweet. Nice. What clears the fog around the island? Mm, yeah. And that was yep. uh true love. True, true love. True love. So you got one point <laughs> already, so that's good. Marriage uh, is what brings us together today. Much better love story, that one right there. Oh, uh, that's right. So good. Next question this is my first question. Okay. What does Igor have that is the best in the land? Well, he has an amazing ponytail. There is that, yes, but... Wasn't uh, he's got an one. amazing beard. Uh, he's got an awesome shield. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, this pretty cool sword. That's it. So uh, I'm trying. I'm stalling. I'm trying to think. Um, hmm, what does he have? I can't. What does he have? I don't know. I can't think. He of has it. the best horse in the land. Uh, her sister says, well, "Why don't you just marry the horse?" That's, that's right. I totally stuff. remember that line yeah. now. Yes, yeah. I remember that line. Yep. So sorry, buddy. That's the first. That's one. Right. You're one on one. You're good. That's fine. All right. I got one right. Which how? One right, I'm happy. How did he contain the dragon for all those years? How did he contain it? Hmm. Hmm. Because he would turn into the dragon. Yeah. Well, I know that he, I, I know like the whole idea was that he was isolating himself on the island because he could feel like the re, like the grief and the rage and whatnot kind of coming like on him. So, and when he I is, he, the dragon, he can't the control. Yeah. And I know he went into the cave and tried to like prevent the dragon from leaving. So I feel like I know that he, like he trapped him in. Like that was the idea. Like he was like trapping yeah, himself. Like, he was trapping how, how himself. Trap him in? Like in the cave though. Like I don't understand. What, what are you what are you what are you asking for? Because to me, I know that he trapped himself inside the cave. Yeah. Um I was just looking more specifically. I'll give you we'll talk about this solution. What I was trying to look for was he throws himself into a crevice that's big enough for him, but not big enough for the dragon. And that's how he gets stuck as a dragon I feel, and can't. I, I feel like I answered that. I feel like, like it was pretty, it was pretty in close. A cave. I feel like he put himself in a cave so that yeah. when he turns, like, so the dragon can't get out. Like I, it was pretty close. Kravis, I said cave. Like, you know, I, I, I feel like I, I deserve that one. I, I feel like I, I deserve that one. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Okay. Thank you. Because uh, I think maybe my answer was just a little too specific. Maybe that was a very specific answer. Very specific. But I, at the same time, I sometimes do that to you too. So we still looked pretty cool though. If you want to give me half, I'd accept half. It looked pretty cool, like when he would jump in there and he'd turn to the dragon. And he's trying to claw yeah, through it. I, I think the I think the movie looks good. Like I said, I feel like the production value is pretty solid in it. Actually, all right. So last question. Okay. Okay. All right. Why should this not be called "I Am Dragon"? Um, because first of all, this is going to be hard. This is going to be hard. Okay. Well, it feels like the story is being told from like Mira's perspective. And she's not a dragon, and and so like that, I think ultimately is really strange. So like the pronoun usage doesn't feel quite right. 
Or you can make the argument that there's a narrator in the very beginning, right? Who sometimes periodically shows up. There's a narrator and we know that that is not Armand. And whoever, so like the I then should be associated with, you know, whoever was actually doing the speaking because like, you know, pronouns, right? Also, Bruce Lee is the dragon. And I didn't see any Kung Fu fighting in here. And I didn't see Bruce Lee. So uh, those are my reasons. All very fantastic answers. <laughs> However. All right, go ahead. The reason why I cannot be called I Am Dragon is it's not a dragon, it's a wyvern. This is a dumb movie. Dragons have four what? legs. Wyverns what? have two. That's what it is. What? That's a wyvern. A that wasn't a dragon. It was a dragon. It was a dragon. Dragons have four legs and wings. That wyvern it's a fantastic two legs. fictional creature. It can have as many legs as we want. No, I'm sorry, bud. There's a difference. Look it up. No, there really isn't. Look it up. Look it up there on really the internets. Isn't. They're both fictional creations. Wikipedia they, knows all they can about adapt it. it. However you want. Wikipedia once can, like when on the Colbert show, Wikipedia, he once got his followers to change Wikipedia to suggest that all these nearly extinct rhinoceroses or something like that were suddenly not extinct anymore and like we're running rampant. So like let's not talk about Wikipedia. I'm just telling you, man, this is what I know about my dragon uh I'm like that uh one, I like my Bruce Lee. I'm answer. like the dragon veteran or the, the, the dinosaur veterinarian from uh Jurassic World. I sure. know a lot about him even though I've never seen him. You know what I mean? So Okay. So I'll give you uh two and a half. No, no, I'll give okay. you I'll give you two. Okay. Because uh you had the contain the dragon and uh the island one. So pretty decent score. Yeah. I do feel like I should have gotten some some credit for the Bruce Lee answer. I feel like no, Lee no, they're good they're good answers. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. they're absolutely great answers. However, I, I, I it's it's it wasn't even a dragon. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't mm-hmm. do it. I always like it when I go quizzing first, so I know exactly how hard I should be on you when it's your turn to quiz. <laughs> so, Justin, what was your homework assignment for the week? You gave me uh, Train to Busan. Uh, it is directed yep. by, all right, here we go, uh, Sang Ho Yun, um, and is written by Ju Suk Park, and also written by uh, Sang Ho Yun. And mm-hmm. it stars Yu Gong and a bunch of other Koreans, because. Right. None right. of them are, it's a, it's a foreign film. So our friend Maddie uh, started listening to the podcast, by the way. And she said that one of her favorite things was listening to you mispronounce names all the time. So uh, I think that was right. good. I think that was I a mean, good one. I, the thing is like you pronounce, you, you, you pronounce them and you just like went with it. You committed and you didn't stutter. I sound over confident it in what I'm it. saying. You said it. And like, I can't was. tell you that you're wrong. Cause I have no freaking clue. So you might as well just, just go with that it. That sounds good. So let's go with it. Okay, so so what was that about? So Train to Busan is basically about a uh, father. His name is uh, a father. I'm not even. <laughs> I'm just gonna get laughed at by Maddie later. There's a father. Uh, he works for a. I think it's a, uh, a basically like a fund manager for a trading company, and uh, he has a daughter, and he recently has been divorced from his wife. And uh, his daughter is getting a little sick of being around the home because he ignores her quite a bit because he's so wrapped up in work. So she wants to take the train to Busan that would take her to her mother. So she asks her father if she can go by herself. He says, no, I'll take you uh, on the train ride anyways, even though it's I got a bunch of stuff to do tomorrow. The company's kind of going under. We're having a hard time. Uh, he's having a lot of hard times at work, and he's going to basically sacrifice that time to... Uh, take his daughter to uh, the train ride. So the behind the scenes of this whole thing is 
there was a chemical uh, spill or chemical breakout at a local um, uh, refinery or something like that, biotech engineering place, and it basically created a zombie breakout. Um, the type of zombies we're talking about here is fast rage monsters, pretty much. And when they die, they pretty much immediately become zombies. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Vanilla Ice's style is like a chemical spill. Just anyways, so uh, <laughs> so uh, basically, they get on the train, and right before they get on the train, right before the train takes off, uh, a stowaway gets on. A stowaway has been bitten, and she uh, basically passes out in, in the middle of the car. And uh, she creates like basically a, a snowball effect where other people get get bitten, and the train is now a moving shuttle full of zombies. Um, about eighty percent of this movie takes place on the train. This is a really cool little setting where they put it in, um, and basically the whole idea is if they get to Busan, that is where the the military has created a zone of safety that they can get to, so that they can uh, get away. Um, along the way, obviously, there's uh, problems, different types of things. Uh, there's a bunch of different characters. There's a uh, a big old uh, super jacked guy who's kind of a jerk and his wife is pregnant you have two old ladies that are sisters that they take care of each other you have a baseball team with I assume from what I got from it, it seems to be the local uh, uh, hussy in the group I guess She's well that's the... not a kind thing to say it's that's sure what it seemed like um, it was no she was like She's their she's cheerleader, like the but the way they were all acting was she's weird. She's like the one dude's girlfriend. No, they were just joshing him because you know, like the two, like they were a thing. You know, they were becoming a thing. So. Wow, man! Uh, minus thanks. one to your quiz score. Oh boy! Uh, trying to think who else was in, interesting. There was a a businessman who I guess ran trains. There was like a manager for trains. In another area who was a giant jerk. We'll get to him more later. Uh, then you have, uh, I think that's about it. There's also a bunch of people that die really, really soon. Um, yes, because it's a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Movie, so it would uh, be odd if there weren't. So along the way, trials and tribulations happen, and then the ending is um, pretty powerful. Uh, what did I think of this movie? I loved it. I thought it I was, knew it. It's an amazing movie. It's a fantastic movie. It was movie. unbelievable. Oh, I'm so um, happy. A few things about it as to why I loved it. I am getting tired of zombies, right? I, I, I know. I that's why I'm trying with this trilogy to present some but decent zombie type stuff. The yeah. way these zombies were portrayed were fantastic. The The actors they had be the zombies were unbelievable. Like their body contortions that they did and I how know, they man. moved around. It was so great. I know. It was freaky. Like like they were yeah. snapping their jaws and stuff and It was all like too. practical. It like, oh. It's so yeah. practical what they're doing. I know. Just like, I know. Just these guys are really... Like the guy that had the arm stuck behind his head. Like that's just a guy who, <laughs> who has like a, a double jointed shoulder, right? And right. it's like stuff like that where it's like they didn't spend the money on CGI with stuff like that. There is a little bit of CGI here and there, but like... Sure, that's it fine. was so sparingly put in places, and there's so many little things that are so cool. Like the first time you see them running through the train, and they're all trying to jump over each other, like a like almost like it's like it's like a wave. Yeah, it's like, like a waves coming. Like Daisy, so I think Daisy must have ripped this off or something, because it's kind of like because this came out. No, Daisy's way before. 
Oh, no, no, that's the whaling. This came out in 2016. Yeah, this came out. This movie is 2016. But like, I thought that was such a cool little effect, and they didn't like overdo it. It was just kind of like here and there, where just there was two times where they did it. One time was in the train, and one time when they were chasing the train outside. And I thought that was super cool. There's also that moment where they like latch on and become like a, a a trailing carpet behind one of the trains. I thought that was super cool too. Um, the the yes. little things that they did to kind of like show you like how they operate like in the dark and all that stuff. I thought was so I cool. love the dark stuff. Yeah, and, like, that was the great. Paleness of their eyes, like it was just a cool little twist. And I got it. so I excited when they got all armored up. I, I thought that was so great. Um, armored up. They just put like tape around. Yeah, their yeah, it's kind of like. Yeah, yeah. But that guy, when he takes his jacket off, I'm like, oh, dude, he's jacked. I thought he was just kind of fat, but this guy's jacked. No, that's uh, a big dude, yeah. And, and I thought that thick. was really cool. Thick yeah. is the word. And I thought the little girl was okay through the movie, but by the end of it, I thought she was fantastic. Um, yeah, I don't think the little girl was particularly great. I mean, she's the little, last part was really great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I at was, that point, though, I feel like you've, you've gotten hit in the gut so much. Yeah. That, like, anybody could have made you feel it was i almost cried man it was pretty damn good i I gotta say it 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 hit pretty close to home and i've seen a lot of uh like sorrow filled zombies garbage and this was just there's something about this one was so good like the clear message is family's more important than the other stuff that doesn't matter right and like don't be selfish and help out others but like i thought it was just so well done and I, i everything about it was great what really sold it for me was the way they did the zombies i thought was so good and like that one scene where they're going down the escalators and it's almost like they're being like fed to them through a conveyor belt i like when that happened i can't imagine how terrifying how how i would be able to get like me going up down me going up a down escalator is impossible i'd be dead i'd be like well you know it was a good run, guys. I've often have conversations with Melissa, uh, my wife, uh, about how I worry about her in a uh, in, in a zombie apocalypse because uh, she's so tiny. My wife, it, it, that and she's never really played any kind of sports or ran or done anything like that. My wife's got a like a, a meta- like an amazing metabolism. Like she can she can eat a horse and gain like no pounds, but like she doesn't really do a whole, you know, she doesn't ever, she never really played any sports or anything like that. Like I played a bunch of sports. And so I feel like I worry about when we're running that uh, she's not gonna be able to keep up. So, and I already, and I already told her it's, it's in our prenup that if a zombie apocalypse does happen, uh, I am no longer beholden to our vows. Like it's just, Hey, whatever happens, Every happens man for himself point. or woman. That's right. right. That's right. Like, yeah, so, exactly. It's just like, it's about survival at that point. You know, overall, I thought the movie was great. Um, I'd say cool. it's 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 in my it's got to be top five of this type of movie for me. Like, yeah, it, but it's weird though. Yeah. Like, I I'm so adverse to like fast zombies, right? But like my favorite movies that are zombies are fast zombies, like Twenty Eight Days Later. But I also don't consider that zombie. This is a rage virus. But anyways, uh, well, not as the director. So yeah, so like Twenty Eight Days Later, I, I I can't express to you how much I love that movie. And like, mm-hmm. it's it's that it's that type of thing. Maybe I just find that more menacing than just you know slowly shambling things that are, because like most zombie movies is about like being overwhelmed. Like this, it felt right. like one is really an issue. Right? One was enough, but it also was an overwhelming thing. Yeah. Too, so like when you put like it in tight quarters, like it just yeah. oh, 
when, when they burst through the glass in the train station, that looks so cool. When oh they my burst, god, that scene! Oh, when they burst through the glass with the tilted uh, train, I thought that was great as well. Like it looks so good. The and, tilted train at the end when like they're separated. And yeah, I'm like I, I was wondering. I'm like, oh my god, is she gonna die? Yeah, I was like, like is, are they gonna do this, that? This, Holy that'd crap. be some hardcore yeah. stuff if that's what I, happened. I honestly felt. Like I thought it was, it was gonna happen. happen. I thought like, yeah. oh, they're. He's going to have to listen to that. <laughs> oh, like, I didn't think about it that way, but yeah. it's rough. Just but like, like, like a walnut, jeez. I thought it was. I thought it was just so good. So this is awesome. Uh, I'm glad you liked it. Good. I just, yeah. I, I, I wanted to try to provide you some interesting zombie takes because I know you don't like zombies and you want like you Gotta want watch them to do one, something man. kind of twist, you know. And so like, this is just so I, yeah. It's so emotionally well done, and then like yeah. on top of that, the zombies are great. They're just great. Yeah, like All right. they do a good you job of like quiz? not showing you like who they are really, and then you find out oh these guys are they probably were for Cirque du Soleil or something. So, right, right. All right, yeah, quiz time. Okay, so uh, you mentioned I'm gonna go in reverse order here because uh, or out of order because you mentioned the the tail like the trail of zombies at the end. So at the, towards the end. What they try to do is they try to hop onto a different to a different uh train engine uh because the one that they had kind of fell off the trains whatever and so like as they're riding away like a whole mass of zombies start clinging uh first to the train and then to each other and it creates this this, this crazy trail that's just dragging along behind the train so when you evaluate in the history of existence the concept of of a tail on a scale of 1 to 10 how awesome was the tail of zombies that was being dragged behind that train engine at the end of the movie? And there is a specific number I'm looking so, for. So we're talking tails, right? So we're even tails. speaking like tails, the fox from a song at the hedgehog and all that stuff too. The type of tails yeah. we're speaking. Okay. Any kind of tail. T A I L, not T A L E. Right. We're also uh, talking about tail spin. That's also in the thing I would assume. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Well, there's a specific number I'm looking for. I'm gonna say eight. It's it's about an eight. Holy crap! You got it right. I did. I did. Got it right. Right on the nose. You got it right. I wrote correctly. Answer eight. Holy crap! Because to me, it's it's amazing, but there's got to be some better tales out there. Like the alien tale, better. That's a better. No, exactly. Oh my god, that's that's number nine. This is why we. This is why we did this podcast. Holy crap! I can't moments like this. You had a like one this? in ten chance of getting that right. Of course, that's assuming I'm I'm going to stick to the one in ten scale and not you know screw up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Yes, that's the correct answer. That's you know, correct. some Absolutely. of us are just born with it. You know what I mean? Some of us has the ability yeah, to win yeah. quizzes. Some of us, it's Maybelline. So yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> okay. Next question. Um, what is the name of the train they are on? Uh, XLT. Oh, XTL. Yeah. It's the KTX. I'm sorry. It's KTX. Ah! Which stands, you were in the right track, which oh, stands close. for the Korea Train Express with a capital X. Oh, I thought yeah. I had it. I, it's okay. Man. It's okay. Poop. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you definitely win the right, right avenue, but uh, not quite. All right. So when they crawl, okay, one of my favorite scenes is when they were crawling through the baggage rack. Oh, um, that's so trying, cool. Oh, man. And like the camera work and that was amazing. So uh, there's a few things that go wrong with their plan. And what are those things that go wrong? So in any order, it doesn't matter. Uh, what what goes wrong with their plan when they're trying to to crawl over, you know, through one of the the cars? Uh, the the first car. thing was that there was a bag in the way. 
but it actually okay. helped them out because he was able yes. to throw the bag and distract them. Yeah. Second thing was um, his baseball bag kept on hitting the side of the wall. I can't, I can't believe they didn't hear that. Uh, mm -hmm. That's maybe that was a little moment where I was like, eh. but uh, <clears throat> then uh, the like homeless man falls and is stuck, and mm -hmm. then the lights come on. And then mm -hmm. uh, the father has to go back and try and save him. And mm -hmm. right before the lights go on, they kind of hide behind the seats so they can't see anything. Mm -hmm. So that's the next one. And then right before he leaves, <clears throat> the homeless man steps on a can. Mm -hmm. And that kind of stops them from getting out as fast as they would like. And then if we're going to go further, <clears throat> the next cart was where everyone else was. So it was locked shut with uh, people had tied ropes to the door so they couldn't get through. Right. That's the next thing. Okay. It's slight. Okay. So you're, you're close. Uh, what caused the old guy, the bum guy, uh, to fall down? And what color can did he step on? All right, those so are essential okay, details. Okay, I gotcha. I got this. Uh, I, you're doing missed, really well. I'm he very misstepped off of the uh, baggage, baggage rack onto the chair, the chair headrest, and then the color of the can was orange. Oh, Justin, you were so close. First, the color of the can was yellow. That was orange. It was yellow. I double-checked it right. I double-checked it before we started recording. It was yellow. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. And on the headrest, there was like a handkerchief, like a covering, and he slipped on it when he was coming down. So oh, like, I was so it, confident. So, because so you didn't confident. get every single detail of that question right, I'm going to give you a zero on it. What? So, I gave you... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm giving you half credit. I'm giving you half credit. <laughs> okay. half credit. All right. Next question. Next question. Last question. So, in the little girl's room at the father's house, there seems to be an animal that she really, really likes. And this is evidenced by its appearance in a variety of ways in the room. So it's a stuffed animal. It's a plastic toy. There's a picture she drew and colored and put on the wall. There's this little aluminum foil miniature that she has that she made. What animal was this? Oh, my God. It was all over the place in her room. got to understand. I'm stupid. I was reading those, I was reading those uh, uh, subtitles so tightly because I'm dumb. Oh, well, you have given me so many subtitled cr Man, I had to read the freaking subtitles of that Russian one too. So I don't oh, want to hear. Oh boy, this is gonna be stabbed in the dark. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, uh, turtle. That is incorrect. I'm uh, sorry. No, it was a giraffe. Oh, a no, giraffe. oh no, a blood. Do you know the world's most famous giraffe is named Jeffrey? That's my name. But it they, it spells it with a G. It's from the the now bankrupt Toys R Us. So, was that, was so a, let's see. Let's maybe, see. Let's maybe see. Jeffrey was what was wrong with it. You've maybe. got 1.5 out of 4, but you have a minus 1 penalty because of how insulting you were to that uh, that one, uh, one character. <laughs> so you actually have a 0.5. But even if you did have a 1.5, even though you loved the movie and really paid attention, and I really didn't like my movie and didn't really pay attention, I still beat you. Isn't that interesting? This game's dumb anyways. <laughs> I want people playing this. this I'm really glad you liked it, though. I'm really glad. That's cool. I'm glad you liked it. Oh, that one so. was great. All right. New challenges. You ready? I am ready. 
All right, you went first last week, so I'll go ahead and give you mine. So to finish off my zombie trilogy, uh, this one is interesting. I don't think it's as high quality, but it's got some interesting things, an interesting premise. I would like you to watch The Resort on Netflix, and that's a Z, not an S, and it's a capital Z. Oh, my God. For zombie. Resort. <laughs> resort. The, the okay. Resort. Yeah. Right. The Resort. Okay. Yes. Okay. Write this down real quick. Make sure I have a large Z. Or yeah, it's a resource. capital Z. No, no, S. no S. Okay, sounds good. All right. Um, I have some. I'm trying to see if you've if you've seen them before. I'm trying to give you a good one, okay? Because I'm okay. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Uh, for training design. I I've honestly used... tried with this whole trilogy. Like my purpose with this okay. trilogy is to try to give you interesting zombie things to watch. All right. So here's here's. I'm gonna sh- hope you didn't see this one. Have you okay. seen what we do in the shadows? Um, I don't. It sounds familiar, but I don't. That's the Takai Watiti uh, movie with Jermaine uh, and stuff, where they're they're vampires. I don't think so. I'm gonna say no. All right. So there you go. What we do in the okay. shadows. It's on Amazon right. Prime. You can get okay. it on Amazon Prime. So I kind of really want to watch that myself too. It's supposed to be great. So what okay. we do in the shadows. It's like a mockumentary thing, basically. Oh, um, I know exactly what it is now. Yeah, so, I know the movie. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, so sure. you're going to watch what we do in the shadows. And that's going to yeah. be my challenge for you. And you're watching the resort. Excellent. So, with that figured out, uh, I feel like it's time we shut this uh, this sucker down. So It's about uh, time. If, I think it's time. So, I feel like if you could, if you like what you're hearing, and even if you don't like what you're hearing, uh, you can go ahead and get up on the old iTunes. You can go up in the old Stitcher or whatever other place you get your get your podcast from and maybe give us a old like or a thumbs up or a star or a review or whatever your system actually actually uses. That would be great. Uh, you can also, if you ever want to get in touch with us, maybe you have an idea for a gentleman's challenge for either Justin or, my, or, Justin or myself. Uh, maybe uh, let us know over on the old Twitter. Uh, you can find us at Lollygagger Co. You can also find us online website, lollygaggerco.com. It's two L's, two G's and a CO at the end. Uh, Justin also has been doing some streaming of uh, late, mostly Magic. Justin, where what's your what's your Twitch channel again? Uh, magic and uh, some some WoW here. We'll get into that here soon. Uh, oh boy! Twitch.tv/jehufa. You can find me there at times. J H O O F A H. Hit me up on there and uh, give me uh, funny money because yeah, that's what's all for. Okay. I guess. So yeah. good times. All right, let's just say some thank yous. You ready? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, I'm going to start. To cheap plastic floor fans. Yes, you're cheap. Yes, you're an eyesore. And yes, you're often noisy. But your worth has never been so clear to me as it has been this past week. Because the classroom I'm in, which is, again, in Arizona in the summer, has very poor HVAC. And sadly, our floor fan fell and broke on Monday. And for the last week, I have been sweating bullets. I have no floor fan. So to all cheap plastic floor fans, thank you for everything you do. And please come back soon. To our friend Maddie, who finally decided to start listening to our podcast. About freaking time. She uh, she keeps on sending me messages on Discord about things we talked about three months ago. Yeah, and I know. It's, just, too. it's funny to kind of get these responses so late. So I'm sure I'll get a response to this thank you in about a month and a half. So. <laughs> sometime, in, sometime in December. Thank you so much, man. Okay. 
to people who walk in a group that's like three plus wide uh, and they walk slowly and they seem completely unaware that there's people behind them and then they just decide to stop in a doorway of a home depot so that no one can get past you just stand there you just stand there and like screw the rest of the world right um thank you now can you please return to hell uh from where you came Finally, I want to give a legitimate thank you to one of my former students. She made me a wonderful uh, watercolored cover of Old Man Logan. And uh, I'm going to have to send you a picture of it so you can like, put it on the Twitter or whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Leanne Charles, she's super talented and it's unbelievable. And she came and brought it to me and she said, thank you for being such a good teacher. So I want to thank her for this beautiful masterpiece. So thank Very you. Very nice.